What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1123. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, We're continuing on our 25 years series tonight, and tonight is Adam Minikowski joining us for the second time, this time with a new topic, I hope. If it's a a series like this, you better have a new topic the second time you're on, about the departures of Priest Holmes and Orlando Brown. Adam, how are you doing? Not bad, Ken. How are you doing? I've got no complaints. Uh, Tell people where they can talk football with you. Let's start with that. Oh, sure. I don't do much uh, talking of football online, but uh, I am on uh, Twitter at uh, at Minikowski is my handle uh, at M-I-N-A-K-O-W-S-K-I. 
So okay. I'm, I'm there with whatever I do. All right. Terrific. And I, I don't want to load up this topic too much in advance and direct it a certain way. I'd rather have you introduce it. So, t- so tell us what your thought was in doing. In- sure. Well, I was thinking about the issues that the current team is having, particularly with the O-line injuries and sort of wishing that we still had Orlando Brown Jr. with us uh, to at least help out uh, with some of the issues. And it was reminding me of a similar situation uh, with Priest Holmes after the Ravens' first uh, Super Bowl. As I started comparing the two situations, I found them remarkably similar, uh, despite the, the basic fact that they're playing two different uh, positions. And so I was sort of like thinking about going through the similarities and then some, and a couple of the differences in the, in the two situations and seeing how they applied to both players. All right. Well, sounds good. Let's uh, let's work through that. Of course, uh, Priest Holmes left after 2000 and the Ravens had just uncovered rookie Jamal Lewis and Holmes was done with his first contract, left in free agency to go to Kansas City. But kind of how, how do you see these as being similar in different situations? Sure. So the first similarity was Neither of them were the guy in their final season with the Ravens. Uh, Holmes, uh, as you were uh, alluded to, was backing up uh, Jamal Lewis uh, in his final season with the uh, Ravens. And um, Brown was, uh, was a right tackle who wanted to be left tackle. And uh, the Ravens already had Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. And in Brown's final season with the Ravens gives Stanley the big uh, multi-year contract. So it, it's clear that Stanley is going to be the left tackle going forward. Mm-hmm. So that's the first similarity in the situations. Neither of them was the guy. Yeah. Kind of the Ravens in a, in a situation with the 2018 draft that it was very unlikely they'd be able to keep both tackles with incredibly stacked top to bottom draft. And the Ravens, in fact, since the second year that really since 2020, uh, when they traded um, Hurst, had been in the process of unwinding that draft. Actually, 2019, they traded Hurst. Hurst was in here in 2019. It's 2020 they traded Hurst. And they got a two back for him mm-hmm. from Atlanta. And it was just the, the, the beginning of unstacking that draft. And now you still, the Ravens still have more players than they can afford to sign in right. 2021, of course, because, well, after this year's over, because they have Bozeman, Elliott, uh, Averett. Of course, Jackson's still to be signed. They already plunked out a large chunk of change on Mark Andrews. So it's a, it's a difficult uh, thing to, you know, it's, it's a great draft is a harsh mistress, a great single draft because you don't stagger out those contracts and you really have to make decisions all at once. Right. Yeah. It's really an embarrassment of riches that you just, nothing you can do. Yeah. So, so Priest Holmes uh, had been a great back for the Ravens, 4.6 yards of carry in his four years here. Yes. Uh, yeah. My my second similarity was that both of them could be the guy for a team, um, even though they weren't the guy for the Ravens in their final season. And um, and this is uh, this is where I get a little bit fuzzy. I, I have to say my the first four years of the Ravens were also my f- four years away at college. So mm-hmm. I don't really have much experience of the Ravens before the Super Bowl year. Um, I, I came home and they won the Super Bowl, so that was great. Right. Um, so, um, so I just have to read about Holmes. Like he had a thousand yard season in '98, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess he was the starter that year. Yep. Yeah. Um, but uh, so even though I didn't know a whole lot about the team and how about how things worked in in the NFL, 
still that Super Bowl year, I could sense you got a sense that he was a he was a good player. Um, you know, and even though he quickly lost the, the starting job to um, Jamal, uh, he still had a hundred yard game uh, in the season opener against Pittsburgh, and ended um, ended that season. Uh, Jamal was av- was doing four point four yards per attempt, and Priest Holmes was doing four point three yards per mm-hmm. attempt. So, just um, and when it came, when you got to the end of the season and it really seemed like, uh, Holmes was going to go elsewhere where he could be a starter. You had the sense that, yeah, he probably deserves to start somewhere and, um, you hate to lose him, but that's just how it works. He, he, he could be a starter. And, um, so then the same thing with, um, Orlando Brown that, uh, um, you know, he wants to be a left tackle, does a really great job at right tackle. Then last year, uh, Stanley goes down with an injury. Brown moves over to left tackle. And I guess I would say maybe to the layman's eyes, you didn't see much of a you didn't see much fall off in in production. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I'd put it the exact same way. I mean, mm-hmm. Brown uh, was not as good on the left side as he was on the right. On the right side, he had a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ravens' system, frankly, with the pistol reads in particular in 2019, really favored what he could do well. Uh, down block, move to level two, hit a scraping linebacker, all those things I've talked about on the show many times before. But, uh, yeah, he's, he used his length well on the, on the left side, and I think Lamar Jackson helped him be a better left tackle. Yeah, there's definitely the, the Lamar factor coming in to uh, to, to make, uh, in some cases, Brown seem uh, better than he was. Um, third thing that I, similarity that I noticed was then, okay, so you get to the end of the seasons and uh, the Ravens don't really make an attempt to keep either player. Um, I, I don't recall exactly what... Um, how, how everything transpired with Priest Holmes departing, but I really, I don't remember the Ravens. I, I just remember it like, this is, it's going to happen. He's going to go. Yeah. There, there wasn't any real question with Holmes. The, the Ravens in order to keep the band together for another run at the title had a lot of positions they had to fill. And to just for starters, Harry Swain was gone and they needed to get a new right tackle. So they went out of course and got the best right tackle in the market. Leon Searcy, who never played it never down. Never played it down. Yeah, and then they got they got Elvis Gerback, but they didn't just get Elvis Gerback. They also got a backup in Randall Cunningham, so they paid a lot of money at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, one of the good things about the Gerback contract was it was really structured to be a one-year deal or a five-year deal, but not likely anything in between. Huh. Okay. And so it, they were able to get out of it reasonably cheaply after Gerback imploded on the field and obviously was having some personal issues too, I think with what was going on with nine 11 that he never really recovered from maybe in terms of flying or whatever else, else it might've been. Um, I don't want to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm conjecturing entirely, but that's been often cited as a reason why the Elvis Gerback thing went out, but tying this back to Holmes, I don't think there's ever a doubt that, that he was, uh, uh, moving on and they had to keep the defense together. Obviously that involves some restructuring of contracts and whatnot. So, uh, yes, it was, it was goodbye time. And, uh, and that was that. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. They were doing all these restructuring to try to keep the band together for, you know, make one lap, make, make one more run at it. And they acknowledged that you couldn't keep everybody and that he was going to be one of the ones to go. So, um, similar to, um, Brown where, uh, 
you know, in the, in this case, uh, he needs, he wants to play left tackle and he, he insists that that's what he wants to do going forward. And he doesn't want to play with the Ravens if he's not going to play left tackle. Mm-hmm. And then as you pointed out, we've got this problem with the, um, you know, we have to sign all of these guys from the, from this draft to their, their second deals. So, uh, and we've already given the big money to um, Ronnie Stanley. And mm-hmm. so he's not going to get, he's not going to get the big contract. He's not going to play left tackle once Stanley comes back. So um, at least in this case, we could a year early uh, deal him to another team. So uh, as opposed to Holmes, who just walked, we could at least get something back for Brown. Yeah, I mean, they were going to get something back for Brown anyway, probably, in terms probably. of a compensatory pick. Right. But it wouldn't have necessarily been a three, and it would have been two years later. Now, they would have gotten one extra season from him. Uh, but the two, uh, you know, it's basically a mid-two is the draft value they got. It's not all of Adafi OA, but it was part of Adafi OA. Right. And it, uh, uh, you know, it allowed them to, to make that pick at number 27. Uh, where the Chiefs, I guess the Chiefs traded him 31. 31 was the one, right? Bateman was at 27. Yeah. And then they had to give back a two, which mm-hmm. is basically a, a, a equivalent of a of a two that they got, a mid-round two. So, uh, I, you know, I, I thought, honestly, it was good value. It was right about where I would have expected the value to be for mm-hmm. Brown. I just hoping they were going to get top of the market value, and that never really developed, even though there was a lot of interest in this offseason about him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I guess they didn't have comp picks back in 2000, 2001 when, uh, when Priest Holmes left. Yeah, I don't remember when that, when that uh, started, but that certainly would have been a good uh, – I'll look that up while, you re- while you're telling us about your next point here. Sure. And then the final similarity is just uh, injuries the following season all of a sudden make the deals, uh, letting them go look bad in retrospect. Um, that uh, 2001 uh, – was the first day of training camp that Jamal blew out his knee um, that, that he goes down. And I, I think you could really point to that is that that's what uh, torpedoed the Ravens season that uh, we had to bring in uh, Terry Allen and Jason Brookins uh, yep. as, as running backs and really not at all could duplicate what, what Jamal Lewis would bring to the, the team and just, really subpar um, running. It's amazingly how sim- similar that group of running backs is to the current. Jason yeah. Brookins is, is Tyson Williams. Uh-huh. You know, and he was probably the most productive of those backs in 2001. Yeah. And, and, and Terry Allen is, uh, you know, Freeman, Devonta Freeman. Right. Right. And, yep. and uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible similarity. Mo Williams was the other guy they picked up because he, you know, yes. he was somebody that uh, Billick has worked with, with Minnesota, but uh, mm-hmm. it was an older backfield. Yeah, yeah, just bringing in anybody and trying to make the best of it. So, so those were the similarities that I had looked at in the uh, uh, in the in the situations, and then the two glaring differences that I saw. The first one was um, uh, Holmes uh, really twisted the knife in the Ravens' gut uh, in that 2001 season because here they are trying to do get anything going on the brand, on the ground and failing. And he's in Kansas City leading the league in, in rushing. Um, and I racked up over 1,500 yards that season and then went on to have several more 
really that good were even season. better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Priest Holmes in those three years rushed for approximately 4,500 yards. Let me get this in front of me here. Yeah, so it's right around 4,500 yards, mm-hmm. 4,590, I think, in three seasons. And... Oh yeah, fifty-six touchdowns. Yeah, scoring a ton of touchdowns in those yeah, in those seasons. Almost nineteen touchdowns per season. But he led the league in both O two and O three with twenty-one and twenty-seven yep. touchdowns. And he was a, a three-year All-Pro in his first years in Kansas City. So it doesn't get much worse than that. Right, right. So yeah, and you just say, boy, if you just had that on that on that two thousand one Ravens team, like, boy, what what could you know what could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't been following Orlando Brown all that closely in what he's been doing with Kansas City this year, but what I, what little I have heard has said he's not really making the Ravens regret uh, parting with him uh, all that much. Uh, the only thing I'd, I'd argue is just you know he's probably a better option than some of the options that we're resorting to on the on the O line this year. Yeah, I, I think that's that's reasonably fair. He, he had a pretty bad start to the year, and he's played a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, yeah, I think I think at a at a minimum, uh, the Ravens would love to have him right now, even if they uh, um, even even if they got good value from the trade, which I think they did. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's one of the things that comes up all the time, Adam. I don't know how this bothers you or not, but if you don't hang out on Twitter a lot, it probably doesn't bother you as much as it bothers me. Uh-huh. You know, I, I see people complaining about how can they trade a player like Orlando Brown for a second round draft pick, and it's it's you're not trading Orlando Brown for a second round draft pick because you don't own Orlando Brown's future. You have him for that year. That's it. Right. At, at a at a at a at a value that's less. Sorry, at a cap cost that is less than his value. You're basically trading that difference in exchange for a second round draft pick, which you hope will will be worth something. And you know, of course, because the exchange of draft picks is actually the the, the last pick of the first round mm-hmm. for giving up another pick later. And you know, it I don't think that either team is going to look at this a couple of years from now and really say we made the wrong decision. The Ravens couldn't sign Brown after after 2021. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to be really happy they have Adafi Owe. And it may be may well be that the Chiefs will say, yeah, this worked out for us, or maybe it won't. Absolutely. No, I I it does. It doesn't bother me personally. I um, and and I and I don't blame the Ravens either for letting Priest Holmes go. That, like this is this is all just you know stuff fans can do because we can look at it in in hindsight and say, oh, if we only had had, had done this. Um, but you know, I mean, there's no way you're, you're even now. I can go back to Priest Holmes and say, look, we are not starting Priest Holmes over Jamal Lewis. That's that just seems crazy to me, you know, even with all, even with all of home success, I mean, Jamal had a lot of success too. So, yeah. um, and, uh, we probably also so, wouldn't have had priest Holmes do as well in the Raven system as Jamal right. did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it does, it doesn't bother me because I mean, it's all hindsight and it, it made it made a lot of sense at the time. And, the Ravens, the Ravens did what, we, what they had to do, and as and in Brown's case, again, you know, we got a pretty good return for um, for him. And um, so, the, the final difference that I saw in the, uh, in the in the two situations was just what uh, what I've sort of been alluding to. Holmes probably could have made a really big difference in the 2001 Ravens team. Um, you know, with a little bit, you know, they would, they had a little bit better quarterback play, uh, 
So if they had just had a re- a decent run game to to go with it, um, and as it was, you know, they did make it to the second round of the playoffs. So mm-hmm. you know, they um, could have actually really really done well if they'd still had Priest Holmes. Um, looking at this season, I you know I think if we had Brown still on the team, that would have helped. But I don't think it would be a cure-all for, for what ails them this year. I mean, I'd, I'd say in both cases, it's kind of a similarity. I, similarity. I don't think Priestums would have done it for the 2001 team, and I don't think okay. Orlando Brown would have done it for the 21 team. Uh, this, this current Ravens have so many holes. I mean, I really have to applaud them for just today. Oh, my, that's an acrobatic cat you've got in the background there. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, uh, the Ravens did not make a deal at the trade deadline. So we're, we're recording this on the night of November 2nd after 4 p.m. was the close of the, the, the trade deadline. And, you know, the Ravens did not make a deal. And, I, I, you know, they didn't have a lot of salary cap to work with. They would have had to overcompensate another team with draft capital. And I really have to applaud them for not doing that with a good draft mm-hmm. coming up. Um, I, I guess a question I'd ask another fan here is, would you have been upset if they made a trade and were sellers today? Ooh, if they were sellers. Boy, that would... Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that I would have liked that. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, I, it doesn't look all that promising, but at the same time, they, they are 5-2. and two. Yeah. So the kind of the kind of player that might have been sold today, be Justin Houston, he would have been mm. a, a lot of teams would have wanted him if, yeah. if the Ravens had been willing to sell. Uh, yeah, there's there's uh, they could have they could have let. Uh, I don't think they could have let Boyle go because they pretty much just activated him after mm-hmm. this this game. But uh, they maybe could have let sold Anthony Averett a little bit early. If they were doing that and, you know, Chris Westry is coming back. So maybe that's maybe you, you put Jimmy Smith back on the outside. They could, they could have let Jimmy Smith go. Uh, he's not making a lot of money. Somebody else with a cornerback need may say, hey, yeah, we need him. Mm-hmm. And the Ravens could go thinner at the position. But I'm not sure I would have objected terribly if the Ravens had been sellers today. Uh, it would have been great. You know, obviously it is giving up on this year if they do it. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, but it would have been, it would have been I, I would have understood why if they had. Yeah, I think I would have understood. Uh, you know, they they would have ex- explained it, and I, and I tend to you know all these people know a whole lot more about football than I do. So, you know, I, I tend to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, mm-hmm. I yes, I, I would have just hated to see like giving up on this season, um, right? You know, well, I, me too. I, I I have tickets for all these games coming up, so I want to yeah, go to them. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. still be open. And, you know, and I, and the thing I kept going back to after the Bengals game was just remembering uh, in the uh, 2012 when, oh well, yeah, it was we got uh, embarrassed by the Texans uh, mm-hmm. the week before our bye, and it was a similar score, 4313. Yeah. Uh, we go on our bye and. Um, come back on a little bit of a run, get embarrassed again by the Broncos and, mm-hmm. and end up winning the, the, the Super Bowl. So I guess I, I tend to go, go that way of like, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of hope for this season, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it is, it is a, 
if you believe in you just get to the tournament and then you see what happens. The 2012 Ravens proved that they were the worst team of the of the first five years of the Harbaugh era, mm-hmm. and they still were the team that won the Super Bowl. Right, right. And it's it's just crazy that that it sometimes works out that way. Yeah, yeah. Adam, tremendous topic, by the way. Exactly what Thanks. we want on this show. Thanks so much for, for coming on and sharing it with us. Uh, other sure. people out there, if you have a 25 years topic, please hit me up on Twitter. Quick uh, uh, comment. We'll get you on real quickly. Still have approximately 15 to go uh, to record sometime over about the next six weeks or so, trying to get them all done. Uh, and Adam, thanks again for joining us. No problem. Thanks again for the opportunity. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. <laughs> This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.